0: Watch the utilization of facial expression as he
1: delivers the sermon. What our knowledge. from Thor Harris. Uh, Thor Harris has got a new record out. It is a dub record, and it is pretty terrific. It is called Doom Dub 2. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Like I never read Thor as a kid. I realized for my generation that comic books were a huge thing, but I was never into Marvel. I was never into DC. It seemed like all the superheroes were a bunch of bullies. And I had a bunch of bullies in my life already. Like even as a boy, I always thought, we have a system of government that does not allow for people to just decide on their own who the bad guys are and go after them. Those people are called vigilantes. Even if they're from another planet, they're still uh, vigilantes, and you, you got to figure if there was an entity, a uh, superhero, if you will, that came here from another uh, planet, from another dimension, and started meting out justice, I don't, I don't believe that humans would love it. In the movies, in the comic books, they love it, but I don't believe in real life they would dig it all that much. Um, I never really got into comic books until I met a uh, a dude named John Funk. John Funk became my brother-in-law, not because of comic books, because he uh, fell in love with my older sister. But um, he was into underground comics, so like uh, Creepy and Vampirella and Swamp Thing and Von Baudet and National Lampoon and all that. So that's what really... Uh, got my attention as far as the comics go and those comics are still sort of waiting to get their uh, day to be recognized as the great art that they were but the dc and the marvel i mean whatever but uh thor harris was saying on mike watt's show that he got the name thor because I think he said he was like down in Texas and some dudes called him Thor and he was like, okay, that's it. I'm Thor and it fits him like he's really a hair suit dude. He's got a lot of hair, really long hair, really big beard, a lot of muscles. He's exactly the kind of guy I would hate and I know when I saw him on stage with Swans, uh, jumping around and looking all buff and, you know, making people faint. I was like, oh, this dude, you can't take this dude seriously. Because that's always my knee-jerk reaction with really good-looking people is to think, oh, they can't be talented. How talented could they be? Look at them. What, what impediment have they had in life? Life has been perfect for them. Everybody opens the door they get the uh, promotion, they go to the best schools. I mean, this is what goes on in my head. I don't believe it is true. In fact, experience has taught me again and again and again that looks mean nothing. I mean nothing like a a person that is incredibly good looking, uh, more than anything is a bit of a genetic freak, more than they are exceptional. Uh, But the accomplishments that they can do uh, can be exceptional. Uh, Looks, you know, have nothing to do with it. So I had to learn how to love Thor Harris. But I do love Thor Harris now. Great uh, drummer, great percussionist, great composer, and yes, a handsome dude. Thor Harris, new record, Doom. Doom dub too we heard a song day 62 of quarantine Uh, before that the duo of the books from the lemon of pink we heard a song called a true story of a story of true love and we began in my room tonight with a group that is celebrating 40 years as a recording entity they are known as soviet france Uh, They formed in the early 1980s. They were part of the underground cassette revolution. And I don't know that they ever became uh, particularly popular. But uh, to people that loved the music that was produced by that revolution, these guys were really important. They were the, uh, the throbbing gristle of the underground cassette thing and they're still around and still doing great stuff 40 years into it uh, we heard a song off of occupied territory the song was called muzzled muzzled oh you know that's what superheroes do they muzzle people How are you guys doing? My name is Mike. This is my show. It's a couple of hours on the outer limits of the outer limits of musical expression. It is called In My Room Radio. It is broadcast on uh, wonderful stations like WHPW in Harpswell, Maine, WPVM in Asheville, North Carolina, WERA in Arlington, Virginia, WBDY in Binghamton, New York. KEUL in Girdwood, Alaska, WSU in Middletown, Connecticut, WSLR in Sarasota, Florida, WGXC in Hudson, New York, KZGM in Kabul, Missouri, CJUM up there in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and WOOL in Bellows Falls, Vermont, and reaching the world via podcast on uh, inmyroom.podbean.com. So thank you guys, no matter where you listen. Thank you for being here for another episode of In My Room Radio. Because cats and kittens, boys and girls, non-binary human beings, thanks for coming back and joining me here because as of right now you are in my room. Rob Mazurek Rob Mazurek is uh, Pan American Pan American has been around for quite a while uh, 24 years of making really neat music but I got to admit I still miss the band that uh, Rob Mazurek was in they were called Le Bradford Le Bradford happened in the 1990s and Le Bradford was a little bit ahead of the curve with uh, their musical intentions because the 90s were very noisy with uh, indie rock and uh, grunge and industrial music and dance music and there was not a a lot of room for really thoughtful, really quiet music and that is exactly what LeBradford was. If you never heard LeBradford, seek it out. It is worthy of your time. But uh, Pan American is too. I love uh, Pan American as well. Uh, they got their name from an airline. and That's got to be unusual. I don't think there's a band called Delta. But there may be. Our a band called Spirit. Well, I got to take that back. There was a band called Spirit. But maybe the airline took the name from the band. I don't know. But anyway... Uh, Pan Am back in the 60s. It was so cool because not not a lot of people were flying. And if you had one of those blue Pan Am bags, that was so hip. At least I thought I was. I was a little kid and my dad flew a lot. My dad was always gone and he was always gone on an airplane. And whenever I would see an airplane in the sky, I would think, I wonder if my dad is on that plane. But anyway, he would... uh, he would have those blue Pan Am bags. And I, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I used to uh, I used to carry one. I would put my, my books and my junk in my uh, blue Pan Am bag and carry it like a purse, uh, which my uh, very traditional mother was a little bit offended by. But hey, a kid's got to be cool. I mean, moms don't get cool. And I was just trying to be cool. You know, at eight years old, smoking a Marlboro cigarette and and carrying a Pan Am bag. I'm telling you, man, I was badass. Before Pan American, we heard music from Chair Crusher. I don't know anything about Chair Crusher, except for I heard some of it and I liked it. Uh, We heard a song called Zero Thermic, Zero Thermic. Bomis Prendin, Before that, from the new release, the hectic sleeper, and a song called "Hit by a Moon Rock." Shake. Before that, that is Nicholas Shakehole Slamy, who has a uh, new release out. But this is an old release uh, with Biffy Boy. Hello, Biffy Boy. Here's a song called "Hitty." Brian Eno and John Hassel before that. I'm um, uh, from Fourth World Possible Musics. And a song called Delta Rain Dream. Emeka Agba before that. And a song called Verbal Drift. And I was talking over music back in the previous rig by Pita, Pita, not, uh, PETA. PETA. Nada P E T A. Which is the people for the ethical treatment of animals. But pita, like pita bread, you know, uh, that food we
0: eat.
1: Yeah, speaking of pita, uh, this is more music by Pita, P-I-T-A. Off of uh, Seven Tons for Free and a uh, song called Seven Tons Revived. So, uh, thanks for being here for uh, hour number one of In My Room. Stick around, hour number two is coming up after a little more of this delightful tonal music. And uh, then, hour number two of In My Room. So, I love you guys. Stick around. Be right back. <laughs> fire no big deal Jacksonville Texas
0: Eu sou
1: I love Claire Russe. It's just something about her recordings, and I realize Claire is not the first person who ever uh, used field recordings and blended it into their music. There is a long history of that, but there's just something comforting about her recordings, something honest and uh, sort of uh, bare. And I find that in the work that I do with Bomus Prendon, I've started blending in field recordings. I, d- I did it on the last one, too, Hectic Sleeper. And I probably did it on the one before that, too. But I, there's no question about it. I've done it because I am influenced by Claire rousseau And it's it's not just sound. Sound is great, like adding... Uh, unpredictable sound. Adding the sound of life to a recording is really neat. But I think the thing that I like about it the most as a listener, but also as a person uh, who's composing, if you will, is that it adds air. It adds space. It adds depth. Recording by nature is sort of sterile and adds a a certain level of uh, claustrophobia because in an effort to get all the instruments um, high enough in the mix to be heard, uh, there's a lot of compressing going on. There's a lot of clashing of uh, of sound and of uh, digital information. And a field recording just adds all this open space. You can feel it as soon as it begins and it feels welcoming. I, th- I think that that is what I love so much about uh, Claire's music is it lacks the closeness of recording because of the things that she inserts to open it up. And I guess, you know, in the in the great tradition of monkey see monkey do i am influenced by claire who was influenced likely by others and i guess that is how this thing works now claire is moving into a more of a a pop space when i say pop i don't mean popular don't get me wrong but her uh, recordings, like this is a new recording off of a collection called A Crying Poem, where a song called Overcast, it is not as obtuse as old Claire Russe recordings. It is a little more approachable and would not sound completely and utterly out of place in a really hip uh, coffee shop, say. And uh, I'm happy for Claire. I hope it means that uh, she's selling more records. That's not why we do what we do. Like, I was talking about uh, Soviet France that began in my room tonight, the old uh, tape underground band. When I went to Facebook and I looked up Soviet France and found out, yes, they do have a Facebook page, I saw that they have 14 people following their page. Fourteen people. Fourteen people is even less people than listen to this terrific radio show. But like Soviet France, I'm happy to do it. I do it because I love it. I do it because the music I play is great and it keeps me engaged with the underground that I love and that I've loved my whole adult life and even before I was an adult. But if nobody listens, I'm still probably going to do it. And I guess that is the way it is for a lot of performers, a lot of the people that we play here on In My Room Radio. Like, what do you know about Chair Crusher or uh, Sage Martin's you know, like Sage Martin's, we heard some of that music too before. Uh, Claire Rousse from Riding Fences, we heard the uh, title track. Uh, but then we began our number two with one of the popular people in uh, underground music, Robert Fripp and Brian Eno, from uh, a collection called Beyond Even. We heard Dirt Loop. Uh, It's funny, um, Robert Fripp is probably more popular now in his dotage than he was when King Crimson were just the kings of progressive music. I think part of it is because he does these kitchen videos with his wife Toya, and Toya is a very attractive woman of a certain age. And she performs in various states of undress. And they do rock and roll classics. It's totally out of character. Robert Fripp has never been known as a funny dude. But apparently he's funny. And Toya knows how to bring it out in him. I remember I I met Robert Fripp at a record store. He was doing a show in... A very overheated record story was performing Frippertronics and he was just so non-communicative. Uh, clearly, it seemed like that that was the way he was. But I really wonder, in retrospect, is that the case or is uh, Robert Fripp sort of an anxious dude and not that comfortable in a room full of people when the temperature is about 110 degrees and just is not driven to share in that way. But like a lot of people, now that he's old, he's like, yeah, screw it. I'm going for it. I'm putting on makeup. I'm going to cut my my dwindling hair in really neat ways and wear ridiculous clothes. And I'm going to do fun things with my wife. Good for you, Bob Fripp. So anyway, let's carry on within my room. It's enough chit chat out of me. You know, speaking of chit chat, it was funny. Somebody recently asked me, "Hey, do you write all this down, or are you just speaking off the top of your head?" And it's like, "Oh my God, how could you think I would write this drivel down? If I was gonna, if I was gonna write a script for the radio show, it would probably be better." I wouldn't enjoy it, but it would probably be better. Probably. (laughs) Maybe not. Jeff Barsky. Uh, You may know Jeff Barsky from his many other musical excursions, including Time Is Fire. But this is Jeff under the guise of Insect Factory. Uh, Back in the beginning of Hour Number Two, I was talking about Robert Fripp, Uh, clearly uh, speaking of the influence of others. Jeff Barsky, either directly or indirectly influenced by the, the uh, looping of Frippertronics. Um, Robert Fripp's looping was a, uh, an analog thing as opposed to now, now you can lo- use a uh, looping pedal or you can create a loop in a, uh, like an online thing like Audacity. And it is so easy, Uh, like when you're trying to create a loop, because I I do a lot of that, too. Like, there's a fair amount of trial and error, but imagine if you were cutting tape. Uh, Cutting tape is something that I was doing 30 years ago when I had a job at a real honest-to-God FM commercial radio station, and I loved cutting tape. Cutting tape was the greatest. It is so nerdy and so exacting. It's like uh, it's like soldering. I don't know if any of you enjoy soldering, but I do. And I enjoy it because it scratches the same itch as uh, cutting tape, but loops are so easy now. You just make the greatest loops. You make them and you go, wow, I cannot believe that is the source material that I plugged in there. Listen how awesome that sounds. But anyway, Jeff Barsky looping just a bit as a Insect Factory. That is off the new release, which is called Celestial Cycles. And uh, we heard a song called Become the Birds. Matt Ball and his feedbacky guitar before that. I, I really love his new release. It is called Amplified Guitar. And we heard Within the Billow 3 Mark Cunningham one of the original No New Yorkers he was in a band called Mars uh, he's got a new release out or it's new to me maybe it's not new but it's new to me it is called Odd Songs and we are a song called Nick Drake and we began with music from a dude that recently as recently as March shook off this mortal coil it uh, says on his website he let went peacefully in his sleep Uh, i hope so his name is philip jack we're sunk off of arcade it was called arcade three arcade three you know uh, earlier i was talking about soviet france and i said i went to their facebook page and they had uh, 14 followers. That is completely false. Totally and utterly false. That is fake news. I misread it. They have 12,000 followers. 12,000 entirely different than 14. So I was bringing Soviet France down to a level that was actually below the listeners of this wonderful radio show. I'm sorry. To the members of Soviet France, Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Yeah, 12,000 people, It ain't nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, cats and kittens, thanks for being here for uh, this show. If you'd like to listen to it again in its entirety, hey, please do, go to inmyroom.podbean.com. If you would like to drop me an email, it is inmyroomradio at gmail.com. So I will leave you with uh, Jeff Barsky. Insects Factory uh, become the birds. And uh, until we meet again, I bid ye adieu. Uh...